Before I became a pastor, I was a high school English teacher. And so I had many opportunities to incorporate biblical truth into my classes because so much great literature written both before the Enlightenment and after the Enlightenment, they, they include so many references and allusion to Scripture. So instead of skipping over those, I had the opportunity legally to dig into those. And often I would read the very Bible verses or tell the stories upon which those references or illusions were based. Now, not all, probably not even the majority of my students were believers in Christ. And yet, and yet, they heard the truth of God's word. One of those students who heard was not only not a Christian, instead he was an angry, brass-knuckle, knife-carrying troublemaker who had many suspensions on his record. He spent so much time attempting to disrupt the class, I assumed he never heard a single word I said. Now, fast forward more than 10 years. I'm visiting the town where I had once taught and was standing in line at the Dairy Queen. Five children later, ice cream cones. And a man in his late 20s approached me and said, Hello, Mr. Bailey. I suppose he had seen the confusion or the struggle that registered on my face. He said, you don't recognize me, do you? I said, I'm sorry, I don't. And so he introduced himself, and you know who it was, don't you? The brass knuckle knife carrying student. And so as we stood in line there and chatted, he reminded me of very specific things that I had said in class and the impact that those words had had on him. He had since gone on to college, graduated, and had become a believer in Christ. And he wanted to thank me for what I had said. Now, in that moment, I had several emotions. Definitely shock. (laughs) Not this guy. Without doubt, thankfulness. But mostly, I think I felt shame. And I was ashamed because when he was in my class, I was so faithless. While I was most often looking for a reason to write him up and kick him out of class and rid myself of the problem, God was at work imperceptibly. Though I didn't know it, though I couldn't see it, though perhaps I wouldn't have even believed it, God's word was at work imperceptibly. Since you and I never know, never know how God is at work, how he is using the seed that is planted, you and I must always have hope and never discount the imperceptible work of the Lord in us and through us. And that's what I want to talk about this morning as we come for one final week to this parable in Mark chapter 4. So if you have your Bible, if you take it out and turn to the gospel of Mark, if you don't have your Bible, there should be one in the pew in front of you. 
And when you found your place in Mark chapter 4, let's stand so that we might hear read together the word of the living God. Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 26, this is the word of the Lord. And Jesus said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Let's pray together. Lord, as you are so faithful to do week after week, as you so powerfully do through the work of your Holy Spirit, teach us, bless us. Change us by your truth, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, I pray that in the last two weeks as we've looked at this parable, you've found good good comfort and good hope and great confidence in this parable, which we have seen is really a parable of triumph. Comfort and hope and confidence when you hear Jesus say these words, the earth produces by itself. And as we've seen, that means that the kingdom of God goes on and on and on in this world automatically until the Lord Jesus Christ himself returns to consummate his kingdom and to establish it on this earth in its fullness and its perfection and its eternality. No doubt remains God's kingdom will never fail. This is good news. Are you thankful this morning, people of God? And then, of course, the kingdom requires a king and citizens. Jesus will never cease to be the king. And he will never lack for people that he's rescuing out of the kingdom of darkness and bringing into his kingdom of light. People that Jesus refers to in this parable as the harvest. And so I hope as well that you have found comfort and good hope and blessed assurance to hear Jesus say here, the harvest has come. Listen, the life of Christ that God has placed in you by the power of the Holy Spirit will not die. It will never die any more than the physical life of Jesus conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary died. No, he did not die. He lived. He was born. He became the seed that fell into the ground to die so that through his death on the cross, through his resurrection to new life, countless souls, more than the stars of the heaven or the grains of sand by the sea might also have life that never dies and never ends. You will make it. Rest assured, Jesus says, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. This 
his good news. Are you thankful this morning, people of God? Now on this Sunday, before Thanksgiving, we need to finish this parable. Not only by giving thanks for the harvest, that we are the harvest, but also, hopefully, humbly, patiently, persistently, submitting ourselves to the sovereignty and to the infinite wisdom of God who brings about the harvest in His way and according to His own order. I'll say that again. We come this morning, hopefully, humbly, patiently, persistently, submitting ourselves to the sovereignty and the infinite wisdom of God who brings about the harvest in His way and according to His own order. If you will, look with me again at the second part of verse 28. Jesus says, First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And so not only is this a parable of triumph, but it's a a parable about patient persistence, especially when we cannot seem to perceive the work or glimpse the triumph. I don't know about you, but I'm often not very patiently persistent. We are rarely required to be patient in our culture, right? Unless, of course, you call customer service. And you hear the message, we are experiencing extremely high call volumes. Please stay on the line. Don't count the number of times you hear that. It's not good for your soul. But that aside, we are more conditioned for the instant. I don't watch much TV. I don't see many commercials, so I might have this wrong. But I believe it was Amazon, or it is Amazon, that is advertising for same-day delivery. And you read on the screen... Good things also come to those who don't wait. And that's us, isn't it? We are impatient people. Well, in light of the instant gratification in our culture, that's the way we're geared. We need to be reminded about patient persistence. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain will appear. The Lord has an order. His order for things. First this, then this, then this. The full ear does not appear before the blade. Growth comes in stages. First this, then this, then this. Not all at once. You can't always perceive what the Lord is doing in you. I can't always perceive what he's doing in me, and so we've got to wait patiently while that growth takes place. But we must know this, God is at work in us. The seed has been planted, the life of Christ. The work is going on. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 3, I planted... Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. There was a planting stage, a watering stage, and a growth stage. But always, God is doing His work according to His way and in His order. And His goal is to bring about our growth. Ephesians 4. And God gave the apostles, the prophets, 
the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. And so here's the goal that God has for us, that we might be built up until the Apostle Paul says. And so we know that that building up is going on and on until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. Now listen to this. Listen to this. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The sum total, the superabundance of who Christ is, God is growing us to be. I don't know the goals that you have for your own spiritual growth. I don't even know if you set goals. I don't know if you should set goals because here's the goal that the Lord has for us. Fullness. Super abundance in Christ, who's the Son of God. This is what God has for us. This is the goal for which God has made provision for each one of us that we might attain it. This is good news for us. Are you thankful this morning, people of God? I pray that you'll start viewing yourself in this light, one in whom God is working, one whom God is growing. Ephesians is clear. God's made the provision. He's given the gifts we need to attain this goal. But it's a goal that none of us reaches overnight. But imperceptibly to us, like the seed in the ground in this parable, the Spirit is working. Like the farmer in the parable. We don't even need to know how the seed grows. How the spirit works. We just have to know that he does. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we all, we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. From one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Or as it is written in the Greek, from glory to glory. Transformed from glory to glory. Glory. The condition of being bright, shining, splendor, radiance of humans involved in transcendent circumstances. Heaven touches earth in your life and mine. How often do you consider that to be true about yourself? The transcendent Spirit of God. The Spirit of God from heaven comes to us even now while we are here on this earth. And the Spirit of God makes us brighter and brighter and more radiant and more splendid in Christ This is the work of God in us, and this is good news. Are you thankful this morning, people of God? Now, add to your thankfulness, patience. The Lord has His way, 
and his order for your life, for my life. Expect growth. Long for growth. Commit yourselves to the means by which you grow through the word, through prayer, through the table of the Lord, through fellowship with other believers, but be patient while you grow. Because Jesus is tenderly patient with you, and his work in you is often imperceptible. Often the triumph may not look like triumph in our eyes. You know, evangelicals, sometimes we're very hard people, are we not? We're hard on the world. We expect Christian behavior from people who don't even have the Spirit of God as we have it. We're hard on ourselves. We're hard on one another. I could name the uh, ministries. The guilt with which we bludgeon people to get them to do more and to be better and to look more triumphant. Let's not do that to ourselves or each other. Is that a good idea? We don't know what the Lord is doing. Influential 19th century Scottish evangelist Henry Drummond writes, do not think that nothing is happening because you do not see yourself grow or hear the whir of the machinery. All great things grow noiselessly. Often our growth doesn't look like growth in our eyes. Doesn't look like growth that we want. We can't see the glory. Let's go back to the Old Testament. Very briefly. When God brought his people back to the promised land. After all their years in exile in Babylon. The people started to rebuild the temple that had been destroyed. And when the foundation for that new temple had been laid, Scripture says that many of the priests and Levites, the heads of fathers' houses, the old men, who had seen the first house, wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of this house being laid. They wept because they thought this temple looked so pitiful. To those who had seen the size and the magnificence and the glory of the first temple, the temple being built didn't look very glorious. But they did not know God's order. They could not perceive the glory as God did or understand how God would use this work that they considered pitiful. But years later, When the temple was finally completed, God said this, The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of the armies of heaven. And in this place I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. So God said that the glory of this temple would be greater than the glory of the first temple by which the people defined glory. No, Listen, the definition belongs to God. He works in His way, according to His order. First the blade, then the ear, 
then the full grain in the year. We have this word of caution from God himself, found in the prophet Zechariah. I'm going to read it in three translations, the NIV. Who dares despise the day of small things? The New Living Translation. Do not despise these small beginnings. The ESV. For whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice. Listen. God brings about the harvest in His way according to To his own order, no matter how it appears to us. And you know, God saw the glory of that new temple. God had already planned for the glory of that new temple. God saw the fullness in time. When he would send forth his son. Born of a woman. To redeem those who were under the law. That we might have redemption as sons and daughters of God. And God saw his own son. Standing in that temple that was being built. What exceeding glory in God's time and in God's way. In that temple, Jesus, God himself, would stand and say, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What exceeding glory in God's time and in God's way. This is the temple from which Jesus would drive out those who sought to use God for their own glory and power and position and greed. And when all those people had been cleared away, the blind and the lame came to Jesus in the temple and he healed them. What exceeding glory in God's time and in God's way. But notice it's a different kind of glory. It's a glory they couldn't see. But God could see it. And at the end of the day, the kind of glory that God sees, brothers and sisters, the kind of glory that God works in us, it's the only glory that matters. The only glory that matters. You might not feel your life as one of glory, but that's not for you to determine. And that's not for you to decide. It's for God to decide as He works in you and me, in His way and in His order. You and I may radiate in different ways. Your life might shine in a different way than mine. But God is working. And each of us, degree by degree. Samuel Rutherford writes, Believe God's love and power more than you believe your own feelings and experiences. Your rock is Christ. And it's not the rock that ebbs and flows, but the sea. In our fluctuation of feelings, it is well to remember that Jesus admits no change in his affections. Your heart is not the compass that Jesus sails by. (laughs) No. God's work in his way and by his order. 
you and I must always have hope and never discount the imperceptible work of the Lord in us and through us. Give thanks to God that He's at work in you patiently. Wait for Him to complete that work. Be persistent in attending to the means of grace by which you grow. And have hope. Have hope. Not only for what the Lord will do in you, but also hope for what He will do through you. I do not know of another scripture that gives me more hope than this one for how the Lord might use you and me. Hope for the brass-knuckled, knife-carrying kid. Hope for the beautiful person living in the zip code that has it all. Hope that you and I can speak the Word of God in whatever situation He places before us, and He does the work in a way that I may never see and in a way that I may never know, but God knows. I speak the Word. I do the deed. So do you. And then we trust God with the results. Let's patiently, but persistently, And hopefully wait for the work of the Lord in us and in others. First the blade, then the ear, and then the full grain will appear. Let's pray. Father in heaven, give us faith and hope to believe and to trust. To always give you thanks that you are at work in us. To thank you always that you never leave us. You never forsake us. You never abandon us. Thanks, Father, for the great goal that you have for us. That from glory to glory, from one degree to another, you have for us. That each of us become more and more like Christ in our lives. Thank you. Enable us to believe, cause us to look to you for the growth. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.